how much of a handicap is it in the current in the current climate? Because West Ham is able to mount a challenge. Uh, Wolves was trying to mount a challenge. Sheffield came out of nowhere to mount a challenge. Um, Leicester is still there, and they're still basically at the very bottom of the big six. If we include them in the big six, or or, or if if not, they're on the out, on the outskirts of that. But how much of a handicap is it to not be a part of the elite? A big one, and that and, and because they're still and able I'll, to compete. And yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, but to what level? That's no, that's what I'm asking. To how big a handicap is it? You need money. You need money. I've been here many times before, and I've never been defeated. And still, I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of Two Upfront. The long weekend is long behind us, and as we do, as you do, we are back at work. My name is Jay, and I'm rolling with Chuck. What up, Chuck? What's up, Jay? Uh, what's up to all the listeners out there? Um, so we get into it. Um, there's no greeting today. Um, maybe because Liverpool won. Something messed up his creative Sad. mind as far as down. greetings go. Um, but we're good for the rest of the episode. So, Jay, Chelsea got hammered. And I'm happy to say hammered because five goals is just not the, hammering. Yeah, it's not the everyday scoreline when, you, when you've got West, West Brom against Chelsea. Um, granted, they got a red card and that did change the complexion of the game. Um, but they still had five defenders on the pitch and they considered a lot of goals. So, Jay, uh, the question is this. When they had, I think they had previously considered two goals um, in that two-hill run. One of them was an own goal. And in one in one game, five goals shipped. The question is, is this more of the reality that Tuchel is going to face? It, it, was that like a fairy tale, the thing of going on, on that run without conceding many goals and... One of the best runs since he done joined um, the EPL. And also, does that mean it's all for naught, all that which he achieved? Because five goals is a lot. It's almost back to square one. First of all, Mendy comes into my FPL team this week. Shout out, Chelsea. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, you Blues. Conceding five goals and making sure I get zero points for my goalkeeper. But in terms of what we saw, what we saw on the weekend, man, seven a seven goal thriller with West Brom coming out on top with five of those seven, and West Brom, it's it's crazy because West Brom also scored like three goals against Chelsea in in in, in the reverse fixture early on in the season. So seemingly, like the baggies quite enjoy playing against the Blues, and the result obviously comes about because Chelsea Chelsea took the lead but then about two or three minutes later they go a man down and they go a man down because of a decision that is hard to justify when you keep watching it on replay and when i was when i was looking at when i was looking at silver's i want to say tackle because i i imagine it was going for the block but if you're going for the block how are you that close to the player going over the ball his hands are behind his back and it seems like he doesn't have any balance he's just throwing himself you know but I must admit, because of how Chelsea have been playing, this heavy possession game, and which is the same reason why I picked them against um, Atletico to knock Atletico out, because I couldn't figure out how Atletico would have enough of the ball to 
put the ball in the back of the net, right? Mm. So there are teams when you look at them, they are they are better prepared or geared to be able to play without one man because they keep the ball so well. And I thought that was gonna happen with Chelsea. What then happened blew my mind. And I have to say, shout out to to Big Sam Allardyce because when 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 Chelsea do go a man down, he loses a defender and he bring mm. he brings on Ivanovic, right? Mm. Ivanovic tries to chase down Timo Werner and oh. his hamstrings is just like, <laughs> no, my man, you might be not a Stamford Bridge, but you are not that Ivanovic, you know. And with Ivanovic going down, then Allardyce, you would think he's got a simple a simple decision to make: bring on um, another defender. He's got Peltier on the bench. And to my to my surprise, and where I have to lord him is he doesn't bring on a defender. They are one 0 down at the time, by the way, and he brings in he brings in Robinson. Robinson goes on to give him a brace and and contribute towards the five goals that they've scored. And I was just like that. That result came about because Sam and his team went and 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 got that. As for do I think this is what we are going to see from Chelsea going forward? Not certain about that. What do you think? Uh, well, not not the five goals. If that happens again, then hooray! That'd be great. <laughs> It'll be a party for <laughs> the rest of us. But I don't think they're going to ship five goals. But what I what I do think is that I th- like Jay. I said Uti, Tuchel coming in was new manager mojo. I think Chelsea are still the same Chelsea that Frank had because Frank had. I keep saying a little moment where his his form dipped, but they were ultimately the same Chelsea. And when you look at their their difficult their struggles in front of goal. I mean, they had Uverna, they had Ziyech, they had Pulisic, and even then, U Pulisic is scoring one of the most scruffiest goals he scored in his career. Nothing really creative coming together. So, I think it, it it's it's more of a, a, a welcome to reality. Not the five goals, but the fact that you are gonna lose games. The fact that there are people who are gonna or teams that are gonna chase you down and make it hard for you. So, I think uh, fairy tale is over. Um, they are back to reality and. What is more likely to happen is that Chelsea are going to probably, I think, they're probably going to drop points again against Palace because they've lost Pulisic to injury. They've lost Thiago uh, Silva to the red card. Well, ZX confidence just keeps getting smashed. For me, ZX, whenever he's available, they never quite utilize him very well. He's the first player to get uh, dragged off when there's a red card, when there are other options on the pitch. Because for me, I think with Thomas Tuchel, uh, I think one of the first times you can say that he, he made an error. I think Thomas Tuchel panicked. I think you keep on playing, see what happens in the game. I mean, granted, West Brom had a chance here and there, but do West Brom grow stronger? Or are West, West Brom still the same West Brom we were playing 10, 20 minutes uh, before the red card? But in him taking out to Ziyech and putting in a defender, that's like leaving only Oven and Pulisic to score. Werner has, sorry, Pulisic hasn't featured much. Werner isn't scoring. So how the hell he was figuring to win that game, I do not know. So what is more likely to happen is that Chelsea are going to drop more points. It was, an, it was an interesting game. Like the Chelsea defense, you know, they weren't conceding goals, right? Mm. And I really do not put it down to the fact that the defenders on the defensive side of the ball are suddenly um, Cavalio and John Terry and Chelsea 2004-2005 defense reborn. And they were exposed, the individuals who play at the back. Because when you look at the goals, they are nowhere. The mm. defenders are nowhere. I mean, for the last goal, you've got a West Brom player who is playing in a back heel in the box. And even even with the fourth goal, with the cross that comes in from the right, the Chelsea defenders, the line of defenders, they're not picking up anyone. All of them are in the line, in the box, right? And they're not actually marking anyone. So 
if if teams can figure out how to get more possession away from Chelsea and hit them at the heart of their defense, they they they're not necessarily they don't necessarily have strong individuals who are playing particularly in the heart of their defense. Because if you think about it, Thiago Silva has had a legendary career, right? Mm-hmm. But he's 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 been out with injury recently, um, and that is probably something that we're going to see more of than not, simply because one is older. And the EPL physically is very demanding. So if you start experiencing um, injury problems, particularly at that age, it's probably just going to continue happening. Mm. And when you look then at the the other options, Christensen was nowhere. Literally was nowhere this season until Tuchel comes in and he brings him in. And he he looks impressive, as does every defender who plays in, in the Chelsea system. Zuma as well was he's, he's not even a favorite of Tuchel's. So I think if teams, which they are going to do, they're not always going to get um, the advantage of Chelsea going a man down, which means they're going to have to figure it out themselves. I don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to get thrashed though, like going forward, um, because they are disciplined. Uh, the system makes them compact. They get back behind the ball. They also do press um, up top. Tuchel is typical German in in, in that sense, but. It did throw the cat amongst the pigeons. I, I, I find I find the term "Welcome to the Premier League" that most Premier League fans were using very interesting, because Premier League fans like behave as if, you know what, they, these things don't happen in other leagues, yeah. or the thing that happens in My this league is everyone exactly just gets thrashed. When I heard the commentator say, "This is why we love the Premier League," you don't see the bottom teams. They're like, "No, you guys like to publicize it more than all the other people." It happens everywhere. I mean. Union Berlin beat uh, beat by, by Bayern when Bayern was thrashing everyone yeah. and they went on that incredible run. It happens all the time. So, Jay, here's another worry of mine. Um, I remember you saying when Tuchel is running uh, auditions or my trials mid-season. I think he's still doing that, Namanj, and I think to his detriment because I haven't seen Ziyech, Pulisic and Werner start a game ever in a Chelsea game. And you might think, ah, it's West Brom, we can take the gamble then, but it backfired because, as I said, Pulisic doesn't have much game time. Um, Oziek, I think, is underutilized for what he can offer to bring to the team. I think he's doing other things rather than what he's actually good at. And Werner hasn't quite, he's not himself, like for the whole season, he hasn't been himself. And so my worry is you've got Mount on the bench, Konabo, Abo, Hudson, Odoi. Why, why take the gamble? Why don't you play with your, the players that are tried and trusted, Abo Mount? Why is Mount on the bench? And I think that backfired horribly because Mount is the same person who came on and gave that little spark that Chelsea needed. He even got the goal. Why wasn't he starting is to Is that not concerning? With? Is it not concerning for for as much as you know what we're on Mount's case, right? Yeah. Uh, as everyone was that he's Frank's um, son, and he's in there because Frank just has a bias towards him. But to his credit, he really has improved to a point where he has become Chelsea's most important player and arguably their best player. Is mm-hmm. that not concerning that Mason Mount, because? Even with the improvement that he's added to his game, right? Mm. He seems to me, at least, I don't know what you think. To me, it seems as if there's a ceiling to 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 his talent. There's a ceiling in terms of how much he can contribute as as the talisman of a team. If he's one of like one of the four best players, and hopefully number four, you've got a very strong team. You've got a scary team. But he's if he's at the top of the list of the guys you have on the pitch who are your most um, dangerous men and who you're expecting to bring you the result. Is that not a concern for Chelsea? I think I think it is a concern, particularly when you look at the fact that they spent money to try and not have Mason Mount yeah. their best player. 
And lo and behold, Mason Mount is their best player. And as you're saying, we were all saying it's Frank's uh, favoritism and he was Frank's son. But now we're clearly, the writing's on the wall. We can't deny it. Mount is the best player, just like how Jason Lingard has not performed and Shocking. somehow <laughs> seems to be this <laughs> amazing talent. Um, but here's the thing, Joe. We haven't seen any of this before from Mount. And somehow it, Mount stepped up. I think our criticism wasn't because we were just on the bandwagon and saying what everyone was saying and it was good to say that. We wanted to see it, more. Yeah, I wanted to see more. And he has shown more. But the thing is, what, what, what you were mentioning now that is scary is that no one else has stepped up to show more. I mean, till this day, and I keep saying this to you, I'm, I'm waiting to watch. I don't watch all Chelsea games. I'm waiting to watch the Jorginho game where I'm like, wow, he performed well. It's a game where they needed the guy who is who who can control a game to control the game because we're nine we're we're down to nine men in the park. Control the game, put those passes in, let's utilize the space, whatever space that we have, because you're at the base of the midfield. You're supposed to be the master of it. Instead, instead, what I will highlight is that Kovacic had one of the best games in a Chelsea yeah, one shirt. Of his better games, yeah. But all for naught because yeah. no one's there to finish. No one is there to actually compliment all the hard work. So. It is scary because if if you if you maybe you had Mount and Kovacic on the day, maybe they pull it pull back one two more goals. It's an mm-hmm. exciting game. Maybe West Brom become a bit edgy and the, the the results then up in the air. But let it go on for too long because by the time Mount came on, it was too late. It is a problem. Um, I believe it's a problem because, as you say, the players were brought in were brought in and 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 the and the chatter was Mason Mount is probably going to find himself on the bench a little more, right, mm-hmm. and. As much as Mason Mount has improved, he's definitely earned his spot on the team. But if the other if the other players, as I believe, um, your Havertz is of this world, um, Pulisic himself, who mm. didn't come in through this transfer window but was bought at a, at a high price, right, to be one of the main contributors to Chelsea, and someone like Ziyech, these guys were brought in with a talent level which was supposed to surpass Mount, even if Mason Mount improves. If these guys play up to their potential they should be ahead of him in the pecking order in the Chelsea starting 11. That hasn't happened, right? And it has not looked as if it is close to happening the entirety of the season. We are, what, 30 games into the Premier League season. We are still waiting for Timo Werner to be a goal scorer. Yep. We are still waiting for Havertz to actually show us what, what is, what is your, your, your favorite position because now we're hearing that he's probably a nine. And that's mind-blowing because that's not why he was bought, mm. right? Same thing with Ziyech. Ziyech was great at Amsterdam. And I think Ajax actually had a system that worked towards his favor because he needs a lot of space to operate in. Ziyech is a, he's a strange player because he's a, he's a creative midfielder who's playing out on the right. He does not want to go down the line. He's not necessarily coming in to take a shot from his left foot. He wants to stand there and put crosses into the box. He wants to drift back inside and, and play those passes through the lines. And I don't know if that fits overall into what Chelsea are trying to do because when you've seen um, Hudson-Odoi play on that side, he's more direct. Hmm. You know, he's he's running at the defenders. He's going to the byline. He's putting in those crosses as well. So I don't know if they even know exactly what they have with Ziyech. So with all with all those issues, Pulisic being one of those, the fact that Pulisic was pulled to bring on Mount and the coach thinks that we have a better chance of, of salvaging this game with 10 men down with Mount on the pitch versus Pulisic, that's a worry. Because as I've stated, Pulisic is one of my favorite talents. He's one of my favorite players because I think at his best, he can be Hazard 2.0. Mm-hmm. Hasn't showed that this season. You are actually <laughs> you are on the record as you're not convinced by Pulisic. 
I'm not necessarily convinced. I've just written him off for the season. For like, the season. Yeah, there's nothing that he's going to do this season. And the question is, can he come back from that? We are going to find out if he can come back to that, if he can reach those heights. Because if he can't, if none of these players improve to the point where they they justify you know, you know, right the, now, I'm the thinking, prices, it's a problem. I'm thinking that everyone is saying that what smart business from Chelsea to sell Hazard and get these players in. It's almost like a bail job where they sold Starting bail to look like that. and got well, all, all of these players and there's really nothing to show for it. They haven't, they haven't done that's, much that's, up to this point. You bring in four or five players and none of them, none of them, none of them actually give you something to shout home about. That's, that's something. I mean, obviously they have time on their side and they can obviously do that next season. But as far as this season goes and the introduction into the Premier League, it's been disappointing. Problematic. As so, I, I I don't think Chelsea are going to start losing a bunch of games. Um, I I think they're going to stabilize against Crystal Palace. Um, you don't necessarily think they're coming out of that game Not with yet. a win, but we we will see going forward. So with with Chelsea um, mm. dropping those points, that actually opened up things in the race for the top four. There were actually other teams who dropped points um, within that region of of teams. One of the teams that did capitalize was West Ham. Mm-hmm. And they're up to West fourth Ham. now. Uh, the yeah. Mancunian Messi <laughs> <laughs> coming through for, 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 for Moyes and West Ham. And they are fourth and Leicester are third. Uh, we saw them in the top four last season until the very last game where they choked that position away. But they did lose against City, uh, but City are all conquering this season. So the question that we have is if we finish the season as is right and we've got Leicester and West Ham in the Champions League representing the EPL and teams like Liverpool and Chelsea and Spurs and Arsenal miss out is that a good outcome is it a good outcome for football is it a good outcome for English football um i think it's it's, it's good for the neutral uh, it's another fairy tale story but ultimately Ah, I mean, unless unless they do what Leicester did, I think if you if, if you want to do the fairy tale story, it has to go all the way to the glass slipper and to the prince finding the the bride and happily ever after. And by that I mean, after Leicester won the league, they went to the Champions League and they actually showed up, played all the way until the quarterfinals. But if they're gonna finish top four, Jay, and then they finish fourth, not even Europa places. I, that's like one one step forward, one step back, and I would have had, I would have preferred a giant with a better pedigree in that spot. So, I don't think that's necessarily good for football unless they kick on. If you kick on, kudos, great. But if you don't get in and you fail, like hey, West Ham was here and and then you're gone, that's just money for the club, but not really a progress for for for, for football. You sound like UEFA, hey? You really sound like UEFA. You know, recently, um, as it has been stated, uh, the Champions League format is going to change beginning in 2024-25, um, if I believe. They're adding four more, four more teams and they want to do what this what is called the Swiss model, where as opposed to having the group stages where at, at, at the least you are playing six games. Some teams at the most will play six games, be eliminated in group stages, go home. You're going to get more fixtures. You're going to get at least 10 fixtures for, mm-hmm. for every team, right? And part of the reason for that is because they want to see more clashes of the, the big names in Europe against one another. And then one of two of the spots that they want to introduce of the four is they want, they want to basically uh, guarantee that big teams who do well in the Champions League but then don't do well in the domestic league and don't qualify 
can get back into the Champions League. So say, for example, a team finishes in the semi-final this season, but then like Liverpool, say Liverpool go to the semi-final and they finish seventh next season uh, in that new format, they would actually qualify for the Champions League. And this is exactly what you sound like. And the whole the whole reason for UEFA wanting to change football like that is because they want they, they they are gatekeepers. They want to keep the big teams as the big teams. They want the country club to continue as it is. They want to be elitist. They want to keep out the smaller teams. They don't want fairy tales to happen. Now I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of fairy tales, but I I, I believe I believe that competition makes the game fun. It makes it fun to watch. You want to watch the EPL and think to yourself, maybe once every 25 seasons, we're going to have a Leicester win, come and win it. You want to watch and, and, and see a situation whereby, you know, it's funny to me that when, when, when you think about big teams now, right? Chelsea and Manchester City now are accepted as one of the big teams. And they're on board for things like these reforms that UEFA want to introduce because now they're at the table. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, how did they get at the table? They got at the table because they had investors who pumped millions and billions into their teams and they became big teams they bought their status of big teams if you want to put it that way mm-hmm. but football is better for having manchester city as manchester city as we see them today it is better for having chelsea be chelsea as we see them today and you know what if west ham do qualify for the champions league if they get that tv money and they convince a Declan Rice, for example, to stay at at, at, at at West Ham rather than go to Chelsea, who would not be in the Champions League. That's a good outcome because maybe they might sustain their position amongst the big boys. And if they do that, then we don't only have a big six now. Maybe we have a big seven or a big eight. And that's good for football. Ultimately, it is good for the game to not just have something like what you see in Italy, Juventus winning nine CRRs in a row, or in or it becomes a Scottish Premier League where thirty, literally <laughs> the last thirty, if I'm not mistaken, the last thirty-five champions of the Jim Scottish Rangers League are Rangers or Celtic. But here's here's my thing. Then you have your Aberdeen, Italy, one. And they are they're nowhere else to be seen again. Like, how is that good for football? That once-off story. I mean, I'm not, if, if that story is going to happen every 25 years, every 10 years or whatever, how good is that story? And does it have a lasting impact? That's why I need to check. Can if, I interject if, and ask you a question here? Yeah. What do you think has happened to Leicester since they won the, the league? They, they, they have definitely improved as a team. And that's why I need to mean I, I would validate a, 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 a West Ham going into the European places if they would replicate the Leicester thing. But if they're going to do in Davos about Portsmouth and win the League Cup and then get relegated afterwards, like Beninzelan, like, like no, one, no one cares about that cup because you guys are not getting that money anymore. You guys don't, are not keeping the players that you have anymore. It was just for that particular... You had your time in the sun, basically. Nothing long-lasting, nothing long-term, and you're out. But if you're going to be able to replicate or at least get a rich owner and, and buy your way up, I'm okay with that. I don't see that as going forward. Chuck, what do you mean if you're gonna get a rich owner? This is not these are these are not ladies of the night where they are standing <laughs> on corners like, hey, anyone who's got some be. money, come come at me. Because Football th- is the those, those Saudi investor, investors wanted to buy Newcastle and that fell through. So there are a, there's a lot of red tape to, 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 to get over now. It's not it's not as when the Abu Dhabi group came in and bought Manchester City. Things are a little more complicated in this day and age. So, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna get an investor and you need that money to compete, that money can only come from commercial 
and that that is limited by literally how many how, how many fans support you around the world and West Ham is not nearly Manchester United around the world you know and secondary to that then is 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 is, is from the TV rights deals and you cannot get European money if you're not in Europe mm-hmm. if West Ham do get European money imagine they go and 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 buy up some of the better players of 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 the teams outside of the big six right they can put together a team as they've done look what the, as you as you mentioned look what has happened with Jason Lingard I'd written off Jason Lingard at Manchester United as a lot of people had comes into into the West Ham team and man he's looking like the best player in the league in the division right now you mm. know and West Ham the the only way West Ham can afford to keep Lingard um if he's on the kind of wages that we can only imagine he's on at at Manchester United and he wants to keep that and if you want to have a team of those kind of guys you can't afford that unless you got more money mm-hmm. the only way you got more money is if you get into Europe because some of some some kickbacks happen when you are in Europe you get you get bonuses that start to kick in in your contracts right yeah, yeah. and as I'm saying, if there is no investor coming for this for these teams and they need an injection of finances, that can only come if they do as what West Ham is doing, as what Leicester is doing this season, and they stay in those top four positions. Because also the other thing, it inspires teams like Arsenal to pull up their socks. And you wanna see you wanna see a situation Arsenal where Arsenal still needs inspiration, the, They they look like they do. They look like they do. But but Jay, here's here's my thing, Oguti. If you've got only four spots as 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 a federation in whichever country do you not want your first your sorry your best traditional big teams or best performing traditional teams in those competitions because if in many in many cases these these teams i believe would leicester were able to sustain their their position because of the owner they had number one uh, one is moneyed. Two, he really believed genuinely in investing in the club that's why they even have like a new training complex built and all that stuff some teams might get that money and pay off debts that they have. They might just keep off. I mean, they so might just keep Abonobo. you don't want them to get the money because no, they might man, misuse it by paying off debts. They say, might misuse it by paying off debts, Chuck. It's not that I'm from a totally mile. I'm just saying, how do you point to an actual to an actual uh, actual result as football going forward? If the team leave the Champions League for those six games, three home games, whatever, got their ticket money, got their broadcast money, and now they're back fighting for top 10 how how has football gone forward then that's something for me only if it's the lesser story then i can believe in football going forward but the only way you can find that out is if they make it look at aston villa but they're doing amazing things as well i'm an old croc granted but they're doing amazing things and that's a psl like i mean kids achieves in terms of how the the club is run probably the most money club in the country and look what is happening to them and okay. as soon as they are able to buy players, what are they going to do? They're going to buy players, and they're probably going to get back get back up to the top of the league. Do you think Amazon would have done better than Chiefs currently in Africa? But maybe on this form, on this form that they're on right now, mm. maybe and maybe if you actually gave. Amazulu, the the financial situation the Chiefs are in. Perhaps you see Benny actually take Amazulu to the league, which is exciting. So Benny should just go coach Chiefs. She be No, Chuck. No, this is exactly <laughs> what I'm saying because that just perpetuates the same cycle of the same teams winning, winning the big prizes, and th- the storyline is always the same season in, season out. You. You are you are an elitist because you are speaking from privilege as a Manchester United fan. 
regardless of what happens Manchester United results wise Manchester United have not been Sir Alex's Manchester United for years but Manchester United are still in the top three highest revenue earning teams how because they've got all these fans like you around the world West Ham don't have that they don't have that Manchester United don't need, need a rich owner because they can sustain competing with with the likes of Manchester City based on what on, on their appeal to to the masses you, you know what West Ham don't have that you know what I would have been happy with Jay Remember when 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 um, Everton was was were on the rise and they looked like the next best thing, but they fell off. Mm-hmm. If someone like a West Ham did that, I'm happy because there's 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 a couple of seasons of consistency which you guys are on the verge. You guys are on the precipitous of cracking it. You guys then Europa then whatever. All in general, top top four. I am not convinced. Like Leicester thing was a genuine fairy tale because no one saw it coming. Barely surviving relegation one season and the other season winning it. It was a, a pure fairy tale, and like like I'm saying, having that particular owner who cares about football, he invested his own money into football. He's loved in the club because he loves football. Aksu Mike Ashley, Aksu, like all these other owners that, that that we hear about. Jay, the reality is those those, those situations aren't going to be replicated. If if, if 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 and I know you say we'll never know unless we give them a chance. But I would prefer someone who 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 is going to work work their way up, get a crack and win it. Because football has not gone forward that way. It has not, but people need to, need to be given a chance to fail, and you 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 can only win the lottery if you buy the ticket. They are trying. I mean, like to for instance, there. it'll be like uh, uh, I know it's a different situation, different conversation. But when there was Rocky Santa Cruz, Abu Ropino, all these things at Manchester City, Manchester City had never shown what they can they can have a, they can be a team with that quali- caliber of players. That project failed dismally. But when they started building up slowly, I think I was Steven Allen, Nanan, and then eventually Bangenawiyaturi, eventually Bangenawiyaturi, who built their names. Now they can go and get a, a Kevin De Bruyne. That really wasn't an issue. That was that was overnight. As soon as as soon as the Abu Dhabi group took over, it was a space of about two or three seasons. And these guys were competing for the for the league title. That's fine. Two or three seasons. As opposed but to but here's what I'm agent. saying: if there is no savior that is coming, and it is down to your own resources, down to your your own endeavors. Then this is the way. The way that West Ham are doing it is the kind of thing that would not make a a a a football fan say something like you bought your way to it. This this is the trajectory you want to see. This is you what you actually want to be watching. You want to be rooting for guys who they are they are they are they are fighting. They're doing their best. Every single one of their players is playing up to their potential. They're playing up to their maximum. They're giving everything that they've got, and what it is resulting in is them being in the top four. Right, because if if you said to the casual fan in two thousand and six, do you want to watch Manchester City in the Champions League? They probably say like sound like what you sound like right now. It's like no, I'm not interested. But now, now you don't even think of when you when you look at when you look at the Champions League draw, and if you get Manchester City playing Real Madrid last season, this is what happened, for example. And you looked at that fixture, it's like oh, this is the biggest fixture in this round. When did that happen? When did when did it happen that Real Madrid? Real Madrid royalty in European football playing against Manchester City is a big clash, but it happened, and that is a good thing. That is a good outcome for football. If five, ten years from now, West Ham playing against AC Milan in the Champions League is 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 on that caliber, that would have been a good outcome, and we can never get to that ten years down the line unless 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 they start now. The example I was I was wanting to make is look at Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Almost got relegated last season. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They come back into this season. They they get that EPL money. They spend like a hundred million on on reinforcements. They beat a Liverpool this season seven two, and they're there thereabouts. Also chasing chasing Europe. And this is a good outcome. 
I, I, I prefer seeing that. Oh, look at Aston Villa. They were fighting relegation last season. Villa, this season. Aston Villa living a lie. That 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 goal that 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 was disallowed against Bournemouth. But yeah, fine. I I agree with that. Would fine? There there is that natural rise and there is that progression money wise. Now, but how do we say football has gone forward? Because for instance, now Leipzig, Leipzig, fine. There there are other competitor in terms of teams against Bayern Munich because basically it's almost like a one team league. But now they have not quite broken the 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 mold of Bundesliga. Champions League, they're not really faring too well as well. And Bona, they've pumped money. They've fast-tracked their way, like a Manchester City tried to do. But can we say football is better because we have... Check for every Leipzig, there's a Manchester City, there's a PSG. And that is that is a good thing. Leipzig don't quite have but the do, investment do, that PSG not then, or the players that PSG or Manchester City have. But if, if, if that is the upper echelon of that experiment, something that comes in below that, and maybe then has the potential to build up to that. That is a good thing. Perhaps if Leipzig continuously are in the Champions League for the foreseeable future, maybe they do attract more players than just like taking them from our, uh, from RB Salzburg. You know, maybe they do keep some of their best players and they don't do like Dortmund and sell to Bayern Munich. Do you know, you are outraged as I am whenever you see, oh, once again, Dortmund have sold, or in the case of Lewandowski, given their best player for free to Bayern Munich. Can you imagine if Dortmund could sustain having Lewandowski rather than actually taking him to Bayern Munich over over the last six years with what Lewandowski has done but for I, Bayern Munich I, I really if he was doing that for Dortmund. Dortmund it would have been better Trump. if he was doing that for Dortmund, Chuck. But is Dortmund, or will Dortmund say which we're not going to sell directly to a competitor? Why about him England, Italy, Spain? Why get him to Bayern? He was free at that point. He could choose where he, that's, he that's wanted to go. That's bad management, and that's, that's, But here's, in the here's end, what I'm because saying. they were trying to keep him, they were trying to convince him that continue the project with us and it backfired you know you know where i can and you know where he wouldn't have backfired i tell you now if 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 Lewandowski was say for example a manchester united player this he would still be a manchester united player today even with manchester united struggling as they as they are he would still be do you know why because they're manchester united but here's where i can point out with the football has gone forward i wonder when abu atletico was just dominating europe and now they've moved on they're actually now champions league level that's progress for me. I look feel like I won Champions League, then you drop to eight. There are Saguas. Let 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 Lewis Ten finish top six. Makala Europa. Progress <laughs> that way. There's still money in Europa. There's still money in Europa. Chad, no, not there's no Champions League money in the Europa. But you they get, can, but you they get, can do better than what they're doing. Do you realize that you get more money in the for for making it into the group stages of the Champions League than you do for winning the Europa League? And for every result, literally for the six games you play in the in the, in the group stages, for every result, you get money as well. Mm-hmm. And you get broadcast money as well, which is, again, higher than what you get in the Europa. I don't see Anfunu Fuga Saturday, I mean Thursday in Pyama game. And now. Fine, that's a fair point that you raised, Jay. But I'm just saying, for me, I would say football has moved forward if it's something sustainable. That's why I point to Atletico and they are running Europa and Villarreal the hope Valencia. is that it could be sustainable that is the thing but if you're going to go up and down then for me I, I, I don't count that you know what for me even if that's the case that's fine with me because like I really want to break in the monotony like I, I, I you know for example Manchester do you really United, want to break in the monotony I really do want to break in the monotony football? yeah as a, as a football fan but if, when if as I'm a Sundowns like, fan I'll win 
I, to be very honest with you, right? I am happy with. I, I'm overjoyed by the fact that Sundowns are dominating um, South African football. And, and they and they have made. But I don't think it's Sundowns good for South African made, football. Sundowns As a South African PSL football fan, when e- I e- they have become by an APS a PSL. They have. They make, they're making the PSL everyone. a farmers league, and that is not good. Someone like a Pirates fan a couple of years ago came at me <laughs> and I was like, "Well, you're just salty because mm, we got all that money." But they were making a good point in terms of, well, how do you expect the league to be competitive when Sundowns buy the comp- the competition out? Every single time there is a player that's available that might make even the Pirates or a Chiefs stronger than what they are. Sundowns are more likely to get that player because they offer higher salary packages, you know. And what you've seen, what you are seeing with Sundowns when you know going into the season like, well, these guys are just going to run away with it. That's that's not good for that's not good for the game. It's not good for it's not good for the PSL. It's not good for South African football. It is not good for South African football. The sundowns are what they are. So, but what is progress in the PSL? And can, is there is there is there a solution to the PSL something that can be replicated or scalable to other leagues? It would be Petrus Matsipa getting out of it or not <laughs> investing as much as he has. You see, even with Sundowns, well, the Sundowns are a, a bit di- different than Manchester City because even before Petrus invested in Sundowns, they were they were a dominant team in mm-hmm. the league. But back in the Chickless era, when the Chickless are like owned Sundowns. You had a situation where Chiefs were winning all the all, all the cups, you mm. know, um, and Pirates were like the third of those three teams. But Pirates were there. You you had you had the sense that these teams are as strong as one another, mm. you know. Not a situation where even when you look when you look at the PSL table after this season, last season was an anomaly, and it 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 it, it was a good thing to have like what you had, even with the run in where Chiefs were choking away the league and Sundowns came back at them. You want to see that. That's mm. competition. That's exciting. You don't want to know now, the first week of April, that basically um, the PSL is gone. Unless Amazulu and Benny McCarthy go on a run. If Benny McCarthy and Amazulu go on a run, for example, and they snatch the PSL title from, from, from Sundowns, it would be a better season than Sundowns winning it for the fourth time in a row. Fair point. But would Benny not go to Sundowns and afterwards? He probably would. And that would be calamitous. Again, for the game in the greater context, for him personally, that would be great. And say Sundowns were in but, a position but, where they needed Benny to be their coach, that would also be great for Sundowns fans. But in the greater context of um, um of, of 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 South African football, no, you want to see that continue. Same thing with Leicester, and it was unfortunate that Ngolo had to go to Chelsea. Unfortunate that Marius had to leave as well. Vardy stayed. You know, yeah. and they were able to now try add build, add, add more pieces, and try get so back the up. Que- there. The question is, how big a handicap is it? Because Jay, we're not always going to see the David beats Goliath scenario, and that's what we're trying to eradicate. We're trying to get it to be more equal playing foot, playing field. Sorry. So, how much of a handicap is it currently in in in, in the football landscape? Because the one thing that the commentators keep saying, and the one fan that says that that was saying, "Welcome to the EPL." is the fact that West Brom can beat Chelsea on any given day. But West Brom don't have the talent to sustain that and be, then be in the top four or top six afterwards. They're still fighting relegation. So how much of a handicap is it currently for the teams that don't have compared to the teams that do have? Because Chelsea spent $200 million, but the question is, for what? They can't justify it, Namaj. So how much of a handicap is it? I know it's clear and obvious in, in, in League One, in the Bundesliga, that team is far and ahead of everyone else. But... How much of a handicap is it in the current in the current climate? Because West Ham is able to mount a challenge. Uh, Wolves was trying to mount a challenge. Sheffield came out of nowhere to mount a challenge. Um, 
Leicester is still there and they're still basically at the very bottom of the big six if we include them in the big six or or, or if, if not they're on the, out, on the outskirts of that but how much of a handicap is it to not be a part of the elite a big one and that and, and because they're still and able I'll, to compete and I'll, uh, yeah, yeah but to what level that's, no, that's what I'm asking how big a handicap is it you need money you need money sure, and, that's, and the that's reason I, and, and, and the thing that I'll point out is Liverpool Liverpool so sold Coutinho to to Barcelona for a hundred plus million euros, right? Mm. Directly invest, reinvest that money in getting the goalkeeper, in getting um, the central defender Van Dijk, mm-hmm. and they go from being losing Champions League finalists to winning the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the league where Manchester City are just wiping the floor with everyone. Liverpool, because of those investments, directly because of those investments, are able to do that. But if, Jay, Liverpool, but Jay, if, 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 if Liverpool don't sell, sell Coutinho, Chuck, that money was not coming from their owner. There's no way that Van Dijk would be playing for someone else because Van Dijk was, was leaving Southampton that season and he was somewhere. leaving for a world record fee. And it was not going to be to Liverpool because they would not have been able to afford, uh, afford him. But because they had the injection of money that, and, that, that went for fall into their lap because of the Coutinho sale, they were then able to transform their the team in a window to being the, an elite in the European game. So before I even answer that, Van Dijk could have gone to United, and we don't have the Maguire problem, and we're in a different position. We look at win. look at that. Even but <laughs> Manchester United are able to spend eighty million. Why are Manchester United able to spend eighty million on 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 a defender when they've done nothing in the league in for 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 eons? Because they Manchester the United. Thing. But yeah, my man, like, here's where I go now, trying to answer the Liverpool situation. From Brendan Rodgers, in fact, from Kenny Daglish, Brendan Rodgers to Klopp, they were building something. Liverpool were becoming better and better in terms of their acquisitions, in terms of their management, in terms of how they were running the club. They were becoming better and better and better. And we all said that Liverpool had a better chance in the Champions League with Coutinho. They saw Coutinho and turned out to be the other way around. But they were progressively getting better to the point that we're not expecting them to get to the 99 points and them dominating the, the, the league and them winning the Champions League. We weren't looking that far ahead. We didn't think they'd hit those heights. But they had the right coach. They were bringing the right players. I mean, Mane was, was added. We, we, we talk about a Firmino. Wijnaldum uh, uh, was added. Those which, which are integral piece, pieces right now. Sure, the keeper and Van Dijk took them that step over. But they were building, right? To the point where we knew which, if they're going to go to the Champions League, they're not going to be a one-trick pony. Now about winning Champions League... And then they got knocked out by, by Atletico, fine. But I still fancy them against against e, 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 e Real Madrid because they have shown solidity over a number of seasons as opposed to e West Ham. If you tell me West Ham versus Real Madrid now, I, that's why I, I cannot say that West Ham have gone forward or football has gone forward. West Ham have gone forward. I don't know if football has gone forward because in two seasons from now, will we, will we, will we still see West Ham? Chuck, you're saying this because you are considering Liverpool now. In the season that Liverpool made it to the Champions League final, in the season where they, they front three scores 90 goals between them and Mohamed Salah scores 40-something goals in that particular season, coming into that season, I didn't see that coming. Not many people saw that coming. Yeah, not, not, not to hit those heights because that's like the perfect recipe that came together. But, that's what I'm, but they were supposed to be top that's four. That's what I'm saying. We, you wanna, we were seeing a top you four wanna, coming. You want to you wanna, you wanna get, you wanna be able to be in a position where you can get players who can gradually move you towards that. That's what I was saying in terms of if West Ham find themselves in a position with a little more money than perhaps, what, 80, 80%, 60%, 70% of the rest of the league. In the same way that Liverpool went and got money, money was not, he was not being sought by Juventus and Real Madrid and Barcelona, right? But he was a good player who was on the cusp of taking that next step. And Liverpool went in there, got him from Southampton. Van Dijk got him from Southampton. Um, 
the Firmino they got him from what Hoffenheim mm-hmm. same thing Salah they got him from from Roma and he was right there in Italy Juventus didn't go get him Inter Milan didn't go get him Liverpool came in for him and it wasn't like a big fee at the time because they didn't have that win for but they had enough they had enough with what they had in terms of like monetarily they identified the next rung of, of, of talent in the world where they can go shopping on that level bring them together and you can push them to finish in the top four get into the Champions League, get into the final of the Champions League finish and, and, and finish fourth again and, and finish second in, in, in the following season and then win the title in the, in the next season. How it happened gradually is because even they, they also invested. Sure, at the time, they were not investing world record fees, but they were investing, as I'm saying, in that second level of, of players. If West Ham can do that, if they can find themselves in a situation where they can invest in those kind of players with the kind of windfall that they will get from, the Champions, from being in the Champions League, that is good. And the only way they can even have a chance to do that is if they qualify for the Champions League and are in those positions. I think they should qualify for the Europa. <laughs> Builds credibility and then Murphy. I can't knock your argument, but I'm just saying I don't want a yo-yo team. EAPs will be CS because I can't see football is going forward then. So moving from there, Jay. Um, so ooh, now we're looking at teams... Want to get into top four as opposed to those who are already in the top Do four, which really? was our argument. Yeah, <laughs> no, best believe that Liverpool want to get into top four, yes, and Liverpool. so do Arsenal. Uh, and I was also but so do Arsenal. And so we reflect on that game, Jay. Liverpool look like, if you look at the performance, they look like they've turned a corner. Do you think it's something we can believe, or was it a, a bad Arsenal performance that was smoke and mirrors and led us to believe that uh, at Liverpool are better than what they actually are? Have to see Liverpool against Real Madrid. Um, have to see them in this game against Real Madrid. They they really looked they looked good against mm. Arsenal. It was depressing watching that that game for obvious reasons. Um, I, Arsenal did not turn up, but more than Arsenal not turning up, I honestly really do believe that Liverpool made it difficult for Arsenal to turn up. Liverpool were putting Arsenal under all sorts of pressure. I was watching that game and I was thinking to myself, man, this is a clinic in pressing. This is a clinic in pressing. Every single time an Arsenal player had the ball, they were there was a Liverpool player or two who were snapping at his ankles. And I was looking at that thinking to myself, how do they how how do Arsenal even hold on to the ball? It feels like Liverpool have got like fifteen players in the field. That's that's how good their coordination towards identify ball, go to ball, try to win it back as soon as these guys have possession. And they did they did brilliantly. Fabinho played out of his mind. Liverpool probably have in him the best defensive midfielder in the world, in my opinion. And Trent Alexander Arnold looked like Trent Alexander Arnold. That 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 cross to pick out um Jota was just ridiculous. Like yeah, Jota like, yeah. at his size between two central defenders you. and literally was the only person he could pick out and he picked him out. And as you say, like uh, that, that was that was one for the for, for the England coach, you know. Um, so if if Trent is 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 what we have seen him to be in the past, and if the pressing is at that level, then it it would be hard to argue against the fact that they may have found their mojo again. Yeah, I think that uh, Trent performance is admirable. I mean, ad- admirable. But anyway. Um, what I love, what I loved about Liverpool is that their press was back. I, I don't know what they group all this time because they didn't yield any fruits. Because now you were seeing the opposition make lots and lots of mistakes, giving away the ball in places that they shouldn't even be doing that in. I mean, then when I woke up, Real from Kipama Pass, 
which is not what really known for, and we now know why. Oh my god! <laughs> Wish I hit her from the box. I didn't even get anywhere near near the guy that he was supposed to be passing to, and then he got punished. But here's another thing, Jay, that I saw, and I tend to see it from time to time, and I don't know which is it coaching or is it just the players. Arsenal didn't give as good as they got in terms of the pressing. They let Liverpool have the ball and do whatever they wanted. Only engaged with Liverpool when Liverpool crossed the halfway line and were coming approaching their box. I understand why do you let people play when already you're under the cosh, you're a goal down, or, or or rather the team is dominating and the, you need you need to break, you need, you need to break, you need to release, you need to, you need to break the momentum, but you let them have the ball for a certain period of time. I see this as well at Man United when I'm watching United. I'm like, guys press, and when someone is pressing, it's just Bruno. When someone's pressing, it's just Rashford. They never do it as a collective, and Liverpool have mastered that. That's why you saw Arsenal have so many mis- mistakes in their game. Another thing, Jay, is that we saw Ogutu, and, and we haven't seen it often enough, but I think maybe it might be just this game, or maybe they've turned the corner, Gomambella, but the, the Fabino and Thiago pairing finally clicked. Sure, they were getting in each other's way here and there, but it finally clicked that one was able to hold, but they were still able to both distribute and, and have an impact on the game. And maybe it's because of Milner, and really the job is just down to them creatively, and Milner would just mop up. But Liverpool give a good account of themselves. You know, Arteta came out at the end of that game and he didn't know what was happening. Because he says that the team trained well and what then he saw on the pitch is not necessarily what he imagined would happen because that's not what they prepared for, right? Mm-hmm. And it's bad news for Arsenal fans, man, because for one, where the coach let himself down and where he had a shocker was moving Aubameyang to the left again. That worked somewhat last season and he was scoring from that position. But the entirety of this season, that has not been a, a, a good position for him to play. Like I was saying to you when we were chatting um, while watching the game, is I, I don't want Aubameyang and Lacazette to play together. One of them needs to play and the other one needs to sit on the bench. If Aubameyang is playing, he needs to play as a central striker. Uh, he should not go to the left ever again because he does nothing. Mm. Aubameyang is a goal scorer he's a goal scorer and that's as far as his game goes he, he in terms of anything else that you need from him if it's not goals you are asking much too much of the man and that that I don't think that is on him because he is limited um, but in terms of what he's able to do he's excellent at that so put him in a position where he can do that because when you have Aubameyang uh, trying to track Trent Alexander-Arnold all game long, that's not a position you want to find him in. You don't want to find him at the back. Um, he's, he's not even doing that very well because that's not his job. No, he isn't. You know, And the the other thing that should have Arsenal fans concerned, I'm, I'm not convinced by Gabriel. That pass <laughs> is just one of uh, many things. Gabriel started off the season as being the Arsenal's player of the month for the first three months running, right? And then he got injured and then he came back to the team and then he lost his place in the team. He's, he loses his place against someone like David Luiz, against Holding, um, against um, Mari, right? Mm-hmm. And he is the marquee defensive signing. He is the guy, the rock actually around which the Arsenal defense is supposed to be built because the other purchase, Saliba, right now is not even um, in England with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. He's over in France on loan, yep. which means the guy that they're looking to to lead them forward and, and give them that defensive solidity is Gabriel. Gabriel is rash. He goes into midfield and makes challenges from behind. He's, as, as as you saw in the goal against Salah, he goes down and he's not even looking at the ball. He misses the ball. And when he's playing out from the back, he's not he's, he's not a pristine passer. He's not, he's not Van Dijk with the ball at his feet. He's not Laporte, you mm-hmm. know. 
And yet, part of the reason that he's in there is that he's asked to play out from the back. This weekend, by the way, this whole weekend was an advertisement for me. Why that is not, it's not the best tactic. Teams, you know, like football is 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 a copycat like game. Like you see yeah, a particular team or yeah. yeah, coach do something, and you all want to do it. And for example, in the Chelsea game, oh, uh, they failed at that. Yeah, they captain gave away the ball. You know, for me, when I I, I was watching this weekend, I was thinking to myself, there's there's more chance of things going wrong than you actually have a chance of benefiting from playing out from the back. Because if I ask you this question, Chuck, how many times have you actually seen teams build up? from the back starting with the goalkeeper as a goal kick and they went on to score a goal versus how many times they've given it away and and offered up a chance for the opposition and then many times the opposition has taken the chance it's lopsided it works way it's more, more negative than it's positive than it and i'm like yeah. are you guys just stubbornly wanting to go with the thing that you believe is the way that football should be played right now or do you not see what is happening out on the pitch so someone like gabriel he needs he needs to get a shot that stop doing that so jay playing devil's advocate here I'm trying to defend Arteta in his selection because I said to you before the game that it looks like an overly offensive se- uh, selection that you guys are going for the win you've got Pepe you've got Aubameyang you've got Lacazette and in the middle is Ceballos it is uh, Odegaard and Thomas Partey fine the midfield didn't come to the party but Jay how else do you think when you think a team is there to be caught because I'm, I'm sure Arteta is looking at that uh, defense like Robertson and Trent are the regulars, but inside have quite again. There's a way to there's the way there's a there's a weakness to be exploited. Those two players are not Van Dijk, they are not Matip, they are not Joe Gomez. I can get goals there. How would you set up Arsenal as best as you can to get goals? Would you still say to you have either one of them, or can you find a system where you have both both of them? Because Pepe failed again. I didn't see anything from Pepe as much as I didn't see anything from Aubameyang. Like I said, tried, but. It didn't quite work the way as he, as he had set out and he did come out to say what they trained but they didn't replicate what they trained. But how do you set up Arsenal going forward to try to get the goals? In 2021, no one plays for 4-2. In 2021, you need to play with the front three. Again, copycat, copycat game. Yeah. And if you want to play Aubameyang and Lacazette, they need to play as two centre forwards. You know, close together in, in, in the middle of the pitch. And the only way you can get them as a two up front or maybe one of the only ways is if you play four four two. Yeah. But that's not what teams want to play. Um even if you even if you play if you play like four one one two one two. But you need to have them both as central strikers. Not one of them out on the left and one of them like through the middle. If you really want to get them both as and as you say because you wanted to get them attacking those central defenders. Hmm. So have them on the shoulders of those central defenders. If Aubameyang is out on the left, you're not exploiting this that centre-back pairing of Liverpool. And then with the, with the game, the way it is going, then you're busy tracking Trent to and fro. Exactly. To and fro. And, and the other thing, really I mean, as I said to you, you said, yeah, Arsenal have set up in an offensive manner. And on paper, it, it, it looked like that. But, for example, Sebias is trash. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, Tom, why would you just say that he's so trash. bluntly? He's been trash at Arsenal. You don't and want I, to make as, as an team. Arsenal fan and a Real Madrid fan, I hope he never plays for any of those two teams. He'll join his team and then come to life. Yeah. He needs to. He needs to go play for 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 Alaves or something like that over West there in Ham, Spain. Or oh, maybe even at West Ham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he should not play for Arsenal going forward. Uh, as I'm saying, Ceballos makes me miss Granit Xhaka. That's how bad Ceballos <laughs> is. And in the case of Thomas Partey, Chuck, I'm looking at Thomas Partey and, and I'm scared, bro. Yeah. Like, I am, I'm nervous. I am nervous at, at, at what we are seeing from you know Thomas Partey. You know how many people were running past Thomas and Thomas didn't even tackle or, or yeah. pull a shirt or, or at least find himself in the correct position to affect the game? 
Thomas Nabeabugele. He was. He was and instead, when I watched the Manchester United game, I look at the number eight who's playing for, for Brighton. I was like, man. Basuma. Basuma. Uh, Basuma's the man, eh? Basuma, Basuma is a silky, silky, silky player. And if he was in that Arsenal in that Arsenal team, he would have been the best midfielder out there, you know? And that's the thing. I don't know if Thomas Partey, it's a matter of him uh, struggling with injuries this whole season. Mm. And he just hasn't gotten his legs under him. Maybe he looks better next next season. But in terms of what we've seen for the for a majority of 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 the season, I am I'm, I'm I'm nervous about that. You look at the fact that we do not have a replacement left back. If Tierney goes down, there's literally no other left back to come in play that position. Over on the right, you had Chambers playing on the right. He's not a right back. He's he should not be playing over there. Pepe didn't see didn't get any service. Odegaard didn't get any of the ball. Nothing at all. So. Arsenal were overrun and what it what it feels like is Arsenal absolutely need to have particular players on the field for them to be competitive we missed we missed Smith Rowe we missed um Saka, Saka obviously mm. as well but that's that's the scary part that if you go down any of those two players both of them at the same time even worse then you can't offer up anything which suggests to me that Arsenal are still far far from getting back into that top four. Okay, I was about to ask that question. So, we 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 call it Arsenal's not going to make it in top four. They can contend for Europa places. Maybe even that. <laughs> Maybe even that. You hope. You hope yeah. that that's 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 for them as well. A, a a performance that just came out the blue and they they get back to what you saw after they went through down to West Ham. Every time I listen to Arteta, and in fact, when I watch, when I look at his demeanor, he's not that kind of manager who would accept what we saw against Liverpool. Like Lento Tinbugeli Paul and just be almost passive in a game. I, I don't think he accepts any of that. I'm sure he's laying into them at halftime, laying into them after the match. I think maybe they can do any be- They can do much better. And I mean, I think to close off the the, the EPL segment, we must we must look at those who are above because uh, Mourinho says he's looking above. E- 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 e. Arsenal the day they played but they got beat anyway um, Marino got well he failed to win the game against Newcastle and he says same manager different players because the question was are you still that manager or Chelsea who can hold on to leads and park the bus and whatever whatever and his response is same manager different players can, can Marino even say eh? can, can he even say things like that at this point I'm not a matter no why does Marino keep throwing players under the, under the bus all the time? That's the arrogance of the man. He really is. You know, the thing is, Jose Mourinho is a very arrogant man. He is a very arrogant man. And it's tolerable when he is coming into the league, crowning himself the special one. And then he goes on, gets 95 points. Oh, not 95 points. Um, 93 points, I think, at the time. Mm. Only loses one game and snatches the league title from the invincibles of the previous season you know and he goes and he defends that 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 title goes to inter wins a treble and what and when he's doing those kind of things in his career you tolerate the fact that he is actually intolerable you realize now mm. when he is not putting out those performances with his teams that shut up man yeah like, <laughs> like i mean on the same weekend we just said now, Arsenal didn't perform for Arteta. He's not saying anything remotely like that. You look at the Wolves-West Ham game. The defending was atrocious from both sides at some mm-hmm. point. Nuno's not saying that. Uh, Moyes is not saying that. But Mourinho's always quick to throw his players under the bus. Does, does, is he saying that, I'm still the quality manager, I'm looking for another job? Is that what he's saying? Because end of the day, Jay, it's been a season and a half. Mourinho's done jack for the team. 
sure they're in the final, but he's done nothing. As much as he's the same players, uh, different, uh, same manager, different players, is he really the same manager? Because he's done jack. I wonder, United, it is totally Europeanana, totally cup. He was able to justify some of his selections, some of his words and comments, and that whole respect, respect. <laughs> Three leagues <laughs> yeah. for me, one for the other managers. But mind you, Ayiko in the cup, cup got cup, Ayiko. How does he justify those words? Because at the end of the day, it's no longer just him saying Ndombele is not up to standard, Deli Ali is not up to standard. He's saying, same coach, different players. These guys can't get the job done. We you don't know, anything I, with I that. Really, I really think if Pep Guardiola was coaching Tottenham Hotspurs, Tottenham would be in the top four. Put it this way. If you switched um, managers between Manchester City and, and Spurs, I think Spurs are challenging for the title. I think City are as well because they've got very good players and Mourinho is a good coach. You know, not take that away from him. But it seems as if Mourinho really needs a a specific type of player and he also needs a specific era to be successful. Because, you know, even though he was successful in the way of winning trophies at Manchester United... You even as a United fan, and even uh, you don't you don't need to have to be a United fan to know. You didn't get the sense that United were back. Yeah, you know not at all. that they were they were about to even, to, even to when pull we a finished Chelsea second, they were nineteen points back. So exactly, you know. Yeah. So he's he's not being very honest with himself about himself. In my opinion, he's not looking in the mirror. Oh, he's, when he's looking in the mirror, he probably sees the resurrected Christ <laughs> staring back at him. <laughs> he can do no wrong. And it is it is it is the fault of the players as 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 he says. The defending was was atrocious to be yeah. very honest. Uh that last goal particularly when they they gave up that um last minute goal to Willock. To Willock, yeah. You don't know what the defenders are doing. They're mocking each other. They're running into each other. After Willock that, is... Lewis save. You guys make sure you get to the ball first. And even before that, right? Yeah. One, they gave up a goal to Joe Linton, <laughs> and then they almost gave up another goal to Joe Linton, where cross comes into the box. Everyone misses it. Who has a Spurs shirt on? And Joe Linton does a Joe Linton that he, like seven yards out from from goal, he completely misses the target. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, you guys have gotten a reprieve. And then if that is not like enough warning, they're like, okay, have the goal. Joe Willock, you know, so he has a point in that regard. But you paid to coach these players up to be better at the at, at the given task that you present to them going into a game. So if what Mourinho is saying is that I can't coach these players better, and I'm looking at I'm looking at like Alderweireld, like he's he's a fairly good defender, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, sure, the right back options are not are not very good, but Regulon was good enough to be named the best left back in La Liga and you have um the English the, the English player playing next to Alderweireld at 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 center back not the best in the world Dyer yes yeah. thank you but you can do something with someone of his frame and with his football knowledge having seen that he played in midfield before so it's not as if he's got scrubs he's got something to work with and this is what we've been saying since last season Chuck in, in terms of the entire team He's got players there. Decent team, yeah. He's got players there. I mean, the the issue with with Marino Jay is that there are people who've had spells where you look like this guy looks very good. I mean, we can talk about Abu Hoiberg had a good spell, Bale had a good spell, Son had a good spell, but he's still just holding on to Kane. Kane is the only one who can still produce under Mourinho. He's got players who are who have quality, who have shown that they can have quality, but they fail to sustain that even for like a win against Newcastle. And how he brings that back to the players and not himself, I think is 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 I'm sure. Because if, if players really can hit amazing. that peak and players can hit that height, there's something to work with. 
And if you can't beat Newcastle, everyone beats Newcastle at, at this point. That's why Newcastle are where Newcastle are. And if Spurs can't do it when, when fourth spot is on the line, when they need it the most, when Spurs can't do it when they are on the verge of being knocked out in the Europa and they concede three or four, however many they conceded, it is not the players. Half time, you can't say, guys, get it together, stop running, stop going forward. Because even if the pass is on, don't go for it. Or here's how to kill the game. I, I don't think that's on the players entirely. I mean, they, they've hit, they, they were once in first, they are now seventh or whatever. Every time Tottenham have hit a height, they've crumbled. That can't just always be, be the, the players. What is the coach's involvement in, the, in that? Because Mourinho's happy enough to say, hey, they say we play a defensive team, here we are, 100 goals. That's him saying, who did it? Me. But when they're losing, Mourinho's like, I'm still the same guy who's coaching these guys. <laughs> For some reason, these guys are messing it up. So, to, to it's cut cra- it short, it's crazy not to me. himself. It's crazy to me, Chuck, that uh, Mourinho has a hurricane who's leading the league in goals and, and leading the league assists. In, in assists. You know which other player in the top five leagues is doing that in their league? Leo Messi. So, Mourinho has the English version of Messi in terms of stats, in terms of leading those stats, mm-hmm. right? On his team. And he's got Son in his team. Mm-hmm. And as we say, he, 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 he does have other players on that team. But he can't get that with a healthy Kane for the first time in so many seasons, giving you that kind of production. You can't get that team to perform better than what they have. That's you. Because oh, is he going to take credit for what Kane is doing? Because if he's if if he's going to take credit for what Kane is doing, he should he should take the blame for what is happening in the defense. Unless you want to say, well, the players are not good enough, and I don't know what to do with them. At the other one, on the other end, he's good enough of himself. I had I had I had no participation in that. Either way, where you fall on that, that that makes you look bad as the coach. You know, that really makes Either you look bad as the coach. Fully involved, or you're doing nothing. So the only thing that's going to save him, in my opinion, is if he does pull an upset and he, he wins that League Cup final against Manchester City. If that doesn't happen and as we've noted they're out of every competition and and, they and they if they only qualify even for the Europa out of the season, I don't think he should forget that I don't think he will be coaching. I don't think he should be coaching Spurs. I think they should go out there try get someone better than Mourinho. Hmm. Fair point. Uh Jay, let's get into our picks for the weekend. Um heck I'll start. Um, so, uh, Jay, I only want to sleep because you're the responsible one. Uh, according to <laughs> yeah, your as per as, as well. per as per even yeah the, the the selections that you have on on your betting tips. So uh, obviously, guys, this is not an encouragement to gamble. Gambling is addictive. Winners know when to quit. Also, if you are to gamble, please do so with amounts that you are willing to lose. And on that note, let us go to the list. Responsible one, Chuck. What do you have? What See? do you have as betting tips? Your five betting tests for the weekend. I would have said go bigger, go home. That's my mantra when it goes to gambling. Um, you might not have a home to go to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I start off with the EPL. Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. It may be a, a home game for Palace. And that will give them a little bit of impetus. Um, but I see this ending out as a draw. I believe Chelsea have been rattled. They've lost their leader. They have to regroup now. Pulisic is off. Uh, Werner's still not scoring goals. They have to rejuggle the team again and try to get a positive result. Whereas Palace showed some fight against Everton. So they can come back if they go down and they can clearly have a couple of goals in them. So I see this as a draw. I don't see a clear favorite coming into this tie. So it's a draw for me. Liverpool versus Aston Villa. 
I'm just going for both teams to score. I don't know in which way this game will go because Liverpool surely want revenge, um, but they're not going to overcommit, or at least they don't want to because Aston Villa can exploit. Aston Villa came back from a goal down against Fulham and scored three themselves. And I'm assuming this is the game that Jack Grealish comes back because he was fit before, but didn't didn't play against Fulham. I think Jack Grealish comes back, and when Jack Jack is playing for Aston Villa, they're a different beast altogether. I think both teams to score. The result, alas. And then we go to the El Clasico. I have Barcelona winning and both teams to score. Messi, Messi has been directly involved in 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 goals for the seven for the past seventeen games, except for this past one. 17 games on the in a row either he's scoring or assisting i don't think when the when the chance comes comes to play against barcelona sorry to play for barcelona against real madrid that he passes this up i think he comes up on top again and then we go to epsl um stellenbosch versus amazulu i'm going for the amazulu win because amazulu have been on a five game winning run in the psl and benny mccarthy is just doing something on the scale it's something in the spray that is given to the players they are performing they're currently second or third in the league third tied i think behind e arrows which has been good for the german sides and lastly i think this is the safe pick if the, all the other ones you think are, are a risk bayern versus union berlin bayern against anyone in the bundesliga bayern to win but i add that both teams to score because union berlin were the team to upset bayern earlier on i think they've got another goal to concede because bayern have conceded 35 goals so far this season so they all let another one in there we go five draws cool so uh, for me my selections are in the Manchester City versus Leeds game, also in the Inter Milan versus Cagliari game, I got City scoring in both halves as well as Inter scoring in both halves. And then I have over in Portugal. This is as I as I keep saying, this is my money train. Of sporting, Sporting still have not lost a game in 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 the Portuguese league. Also, none of their last twenty games have gone over three and a half goals. So I've got Sporting win or draw and under three and a half goals atletico madrid against real betis i think atletico will be smarting from that loss that has brought real madrid and barcelona very close in the race for la liga so i have them winning or drawing as well and under three and a half goals because there are really never any goals in the in the in the games as well and then i've got a straight win for arsenal against sheffield also under three and a half goals all those under three and a half goals selections if you are not uh, if, you, if your appetite is not that high, maybe make them under four and a half goals. But those are my five selections for this weekend. And now it's said to be risky. Choose Arsenal over Sheffield. If I don't choose Arsenal over Sheffield, who can I choose Arsenal over? Like, you know what? That 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 just needs to happen. Those are our selections for the week. That is our episode for the week. Thanks, guys, for, for, for joining us on this here episode. Hopefully, by the time we come back next week, I'm speaking about the fact that Real Madrid beat Liverpool in the Champions League. Hala Madrid. Um, besides that, follow us on 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 the gram. Follow us on 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 Twitter at Two Upfront Pod. You can find me at J underscore Zulu, and you can find Chuck at Chuck Two Up. There we go. And on those platforms, guys, engage with us. Tell us: Do you think that Liverpool have turned the corner? Do you think that Tuchel is now face if he's now facing a new reality and he's not going to have it smooth sailing like it was? And lastly, do you think Mourinho is right to throw his players under the bus? This is Chuck, and I'm out.